Brother Randy Lightborn as he ministers from the sermon topic, Through It All. From the country, Somerset. My mother was a pastor for over 30 years, so I knew right from wrong. I was brought up to serve God, but I chose to go my own way, and I suffered terrible for it. But I thank God that I've had a road to Damascus experience, and I've rededicated my life and my heart to God, so that God's will can be done in my life. My name is Brother Randy Lightman. Join me as I share. The word of God. Um, my topic today is called Through It All. Through It All. Praise and thanking God for that topic. I'm praise and thanking God for the message that is laid on my heart, specifically as it relates to this topic. Through It All. And we're going to see that in this walk that we have with God, we're going to face some very challenging times, very difficult times for all different types of reasons. But one of the things that we need to know is that through it all, through all these circumstances that we face, through all these circumstances that we're going to come up against in our walk with God, God is going to be with us through it all. And we're going to find out in his word how God deals with us when we are dealing with circumstances that are challenging and circumstances that don't make sense and that that appear to be sometimes overwhelming. But let's see what the word of God says. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 3, and I'm going to start at verse 15 to 18. And um, these are the verses that I specifically want to read. But I'll summarize a lot of what this whole chapter was about. It's uh, uh, Daniel chapter 3, verses 15 to 18. Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the song of the cornet, flute, harp, sackpot, psalm tree, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made, wow, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. May God add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. Praise the Lord. 
My topic is called Through It All. I have two points that I want to come from tonight. Point number one is sometimes it's no escape from it. Sometimes it's no escape from it. Point number two is escaping in it or through it. It's a difference, and I'm going to try to highlight that in these two points. Point number one, sometimes it's no escape from it. And reading this text just now, you can see how that goes with this specific point. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whose proper names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those were their Hebrew names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the pagan names given to them uh, um, to uh, go along with the, the whole transition that, that they were supposed to be making from Hebrew princes into this pagan idolatry kingdom. So these names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, was to identify them with pagan gods. That's what those names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, names were, have specific meanings related to their pagan gods in Babylon. This text in Daniel here is a well-known story. We sing that song, and that's how we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But their real names, they had godly names, princely names, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those were the three names they were given. These three young men, and I want to emphasize that these were young men. I'm not sure because the text doesn't give you the specific age they were when this happened, but it can reasonably be inferred that they were young men's probably now in their early 20s, when this incident happened. When they ran into captivity initially, they, they may have been as young as 13 and 14 years old. But these were princely men. These were young men that were brought up in the kingdom of God. These were men that was brought up, young men brought up, educated, so that they would know God, so that they would serve God. When Nebuchadnezzar takes over and puts Israel in captivity, he takes them. And he takes them because they were educated, because they were smart, and because they showed so much potential. And he gives them these foreign names. And they get exposed to all types of foreign stuff. And those of us who have read Daniel would know that in the first chapter, it shows up where they got tested when they were very young about eating certain foods. Because they was taken by the king of Babylon, they had access to a royal diet, to royal foods. But a lot of these foods were pagan and went against these young men's Jewish diet and these young, young men's Jewish roots. They chose with Daniel to stand against eating this royal diet that had wine and 
the best of meats and some of the best of vegetables and stuff. Daniel, along with these three, chose to keep what they had been doing already. Many lessons are going to start to show up from these young men's lifestyle. But in it, I want you to always remember that despite the fact that these young men chose to be disciplined, they chose to follow God. I want to highlight the fact that problems come in their lives. Trials come in their lives. It's being taught in a lot of churches nowadays that we are supposed to be blessed and we're supposed to be successful and we're supposed to be prosperous and we're supposed to not have problems and God is by our side and we serve God and we praise God and we love everybody else and we're going to be all right. We're not going to have all these problems in our lives. I'm here to preach a complete different message tonight. My message tonight is that there will be problems coming your way. And that's why point one says sometimes is no escaping from it. It's no escaping from it. No matter how righteous you're living, no matter how right you're living, you're going to find that trials and even temptations are always going to be a part of your Christian walk. Contrary to what is being taught by a lot of Christians nowadays. But I want you to know that if you're really serving God, if you're really seeking God, that troubles, trials, temptations, hard times are waiting for you. It's promised by God in his word. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here. The first scripture that I want to look at is 2 Corinthians 11 verses 23 to 28. It says, are they ministers of Christ? This is Paul speaking here. I speak as a fool. I am more. In, in labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measures. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, often. This is Paul summarizing his life to the Corinthians. And I want us to get the idea that Paul is saying her, when you see that in the first verse, it says, I speak as a few. He's just using this as an example to them. His bragging about what type of life he's living, what type of life he's been going through, what he's been experiencing in his walk. It says in verse 24, of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. 39 stripes. Thrice, three times was I beaten with rods. Once I was stunned. Thrice, three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. I've been lost for a whole night and a day in the water drifting. And then it says, in journeys often, always I'm traveling all over the place in these different journeys. In pearls, in dangers of water, in pearls, in dangers of robbers, in pearls of my own countrymen, in pearls of the heathen, in pearls in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger in the sea, in danger among false brethren, in weariness and in painfulness, 
and watching often in hunger and thirst and fasting often in cold and nakedness. Besides all those things that are about, that which cometh upon me daily is the care of all the churches. That's a tremendous, go back when you get a chance and look at what he's describing there. He's not describing most of these pastors and preachers and prophets, whatever they call themselves on TV. He's not describing no successful person. He wouldn't be in Forbes' list of successful people. He wasn't a rich man by his profession. He is showing that he is a sufferer. He named every aspect of your life. He had a problem doing anyone in it. He had problems with the people in the church. He had problems even trying to get to church on the journey to church. He was been shipwrecked. He's been left at sea. None of this sounds like a child of God that is successful. None of this sounds like a child of God that's walking in victory. We need to understand that when we look at Paul's life and Peter's life and all the apostles that started after Jesus Christ left and told him that after they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that they're going to receive power and that they're going to be these great witnesses unto him. In the midst of all of that, Christ also told them that you're going to suffer for me. When James and John's mother went to Jesus and asked Jesus, could James be on one side and John be on the other side when you set up your kingdom? When you set your kingdom up, could James be on one side, on the right side, or John? I don't care which one of my sons, but one on one side and one on the other. Jesus' response to her is that I see what you're asking for, but can they suffer what's going to come their way? In this walk, if you really want to be serving God, and if you're really given over to God, there are problems waiting for you. That's part of the promise that God has given to us. We have the examples from the Acts of the Apostles going forward. We didn't see these charismatic speakers of apostles that was going out there claiming all this victory, claiming all this greatness and, and no problems in your life, claiming that you're meant to be prosperous. They said the opposite, and they lived it in their lives. They faced problems. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through what they went through when they were young men that were fully committed in the midst of their captivity to serving God. Fully committed to serving God, they had to face this type of trials and tribulation. Many scholars use the scenario, the bow or burn situation that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego find themselves in 
as a type of what's to come in terms of the tribulation. And it is important when you look at what these guys went through, they took the stance from the text that we read earlier that they knew that God could deliver them from it. They knew it. And I want us to take that approach tonight. Whatever you're going through in your life, whatever you're facing in your life, God can bring you through it. You need to first start out at that point that no matter what you're facing, no matter how hard it is or overwhelming it seems, God can bring you through it. But you need to go even farther than that because what you realize they told Nebuchadnezzar when they were given one last opportunity to ball or burn. They said, look, we don't even care. How we are going to answer you because we, we know that you made your position clear. And we know that our God is able to deliver us. And that's the attitude we have to have no matter what we are facing. That's not an easy attitude to have. It's easy to say it until you're sitting at the door of a furnace and knowing that that's where you're going. But there are furnace experience waiting for us in our lives every day. We who are made our minds up to serve God in righteousness and in sincerity are going to face problems. I read that scripture in 2 Corinthians 11 to highlight <laughs> Paul covered every type. It seemed like Paul could stick his head outside his door unless a problem came up. And this was a man that was mightily used by God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they are faced with sure death, they said that they know that God can deliver. That's the first stance we need to take, that we know that whatever we're facing, God can bring us through it. But the other part that is just as important, that keeps you grounded is the reality that they said that if he doesn't, but if we know he can, but if he chooses not to, we are still not going to fall, fall or burn. That telling Nebuchadnezzar that we will burn for our God. We are willing to suffer for our God. We know he can deliver us. That's not a doubt in our mind. We know he can. But we are subjecting ourselves to his will. And in that, sometimes there's no escape from it. That's what my point is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shows that Sometimes there's no escape from the problems that are going to come your way. My topic is, through it all, God keeps us. God brings us through it all. When we look at this text here and we see what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego face, they said, we know that our God can deliver us. 
But if he chooses, it's, it's not my choice. I'm sure they were praying to be delivered. But they had made it up in their young hearts that the God that they served, who is able to deliver them, if he so chooses not to deliver them from this persecution, from this unbelievable circumstance, remember what their problem is. Their problem, their trial, is because they are refusing to worship a false God. And in refusing to worship a false God and choosing to worship God, they're facing certain death. This is the God we serve. We cry about so many things that happens in our lives that becomes overwhelming to us sometimes. But let's put it into perspective. These are people that are serving God and are being punished for serving God. I read to you 2 Corinthians 11. All of Paul's problems that he's talking about center around his work for God, his relationship with God, him trying to fulfill the great commission. And then he says, even after all what I'm doing, I still have an internal burden in my heart because I have the care of the church on my mind. Despite all this stuff that's going on in my life, despite the fact that I've been beaten, thrown out of windows and left for one day and I've been shipwrecked a day and a half. It sounds simple, but imagine one hour drifting at sea by yourself with nobody to help you. All Paul is doing is speaking to God. And through it all, the Holy Spirit continues to let him know, I'm with you. I'm with you. And that's what I want to let all of us know tonight. Because we will, us, we, those that are serious about the walk with God, there is challenges waiting for you in this walk. If you're living right, there is a roaring lion seeking to cause you problems. There are people in your jaw seeking to cause you problems. In your church, in your neighborhood, there are problems waiting for you, intentional and unintentional, in the sense that people are causing problems because they are vessels of Satan and they don't even know why they're causing you problems or trying to cause you problems or not liking you, and they don't even know why. These things are before us. We do not, as children of God, despite the indwelling Holy Spirit and the power of the word of God, escape these problems. We don't get a free pass from this. So let's look at 1 Peter um, chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. And then I'll read 1 Peter 1 and 7. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13 says, Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when the glory shall be revealed, ye shall be glad also with exceeding joy. Let's read 1 Peter 1.7. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than a girl that perishes. Though it be tried with fire, might be fallen unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. 
This is Peter. Both of these scripture taxes come from Peter. Those of us who have done a study of Peter know that Peter had a special revelation given to him by Jesus that you will suffer. You will suffer. Peter gets caught up and says, well, well what about John? You know, Jesus said, don't worry about John. You need to worry about your own soul because y'all got stuff waiting for you in your walk with God. Sometimes the trials we face, they seem strange to us. They make us think something's going wrong. We must be doing something wrong because there are doctrines out there that teach this type of foolishness. That when bad times are on your side and when things are going wrong, you must be delivering wrong. You must have done something wrong. These crazy superstitions that have been passed on. When hard times are coming your way and things are not working out for you, you must be not living right. I'm here today to tell you that nine out of ten, if hard times are hitting you and things are going wrong, then that means you're on the right track. You're on the right track. Peter said, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial that is to uh, among trial you as though something strange is happening to you. But that is also working together for this praise and this glory of God. God knows what he's doing in this trial that is coming your way. It's the reason that you go through this. He uses the term go. That your trial and this hard time that you're going through in your life is more precious than a girl that's going to perish. Girl, for it to become as precious as it has to be, it has to have a minimum of 12,000 degrees. They normally burn it at 15 to 2,000 degrees to burn all the impurities of it to get pure girl. God says through Peter that our trials in our lives are more precious than gold. That though it be tried to fire, it's to bring you to a certain standard in a certain stage in your walk. Sometimes it's going to be no escape from these problems. And you've got to face them. You don't want to face them. You think Peter wanted to be whipped when he got whipped first time when they whipped him and John? You think Paul Wanted to be stoned three times. He got ripped with the cat and iron tail. None of these guys wanted this stuff. But sometimes in this walk with God, there's no escape from it. There's no escape. No matter how righteous you're living, no matter how right you're living, no matter how the best choices you make, trouble is waiting for you on that corner. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got in trouble. For praying. They got in trouble for worshiping God. They got in trouble for refusing to be like the world. Sometimes there's no escape from it. And you need to know that it's God's will that you go through it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that God could bring them through it. They said, but listen, if he doesn't, if God's will is that I go through it, I'm still not going to turn away from serving God. That needs to be our position today. That needs to be our mindset in terms of 1 Peter 4 and 1 Peter 1, that the trial of our faith is precious. It's doing a work in our lives. 
And sometimes, most times, we have to go through it. It's no escaping the problems that are going to be coming your way. Escape from these problems is not going to be based on the fact that if I run from them, they're going to go away. Dealing with these issues is accepting God's plan for your life. Peter said, this is more precious than gold as perishing. I'm bringing this up because I have been through some beings in my life. I have seen many people, godly people, go through some things. I know of godly people that are going through things. And these are people that are serving God. It's not easy when you go through this fiery furnace. It's not easy. I'm not getting right into all the dynamics of how the doors play out in the end, and, but God doors bring out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of that situation. But they had to go through it. And it does not make sense to us why God let them go through it. Many scholars believe that it plays out a prophecy in terms of the tribulation period, in terms of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego representing the 144,000 that are going to be in the tribulation, that are going to make it through the tribulation. That may be why they had to go through it. They personally went through it. They went through it and God brought them out of it. When we face these types of trials in our lives, when we, we face when everything starts to go wrong, Peter says that it feels like something, like you know, something strange is going on. Like, why is this happening to me? What am I doing wrong? Because we are conditioned that way by a lot of crazy beliefs and superstitions passed on by people instead of focusing on the word of God. Problems are going to come your way if you're serving God. And sometimes there's no escape from it. It brings me to my point number two. Point number two says escaping in it or through it. Escaping in it or through it. It sounds almost like a contradiction. Point one says sometimes there's no escape from it. Point two says, escaping in it or through it. The best way to set this up in terms of helping you to understand that it's not a contradiction as much as it sounds like one is to send you straight into the scripture. Let's go straight to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Praise the Lord. Let's go straight to uh, um, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. It says, There had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And finally, let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 and 17. Therefore, which cause we thank not, 
But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our, listen to this description, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to what the topic says. The topic says, escaping in it or through it. Jesus uses the example to Israel by specifically, and I want to make the, the claim that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they knew this scripture. This scripture was a hundred years or so old when they faced it. When they faced Baal or Burn, they had this scripture where God specifically told them, I have called you by name. You are mine. And then he told them that when you go through the fire, when you go through the flood, when you go through these things, I will be with you. That promise was made by Isaiah before uh, um, Hananiah and these guys faced what they faced. That's one of the reasons I believe that they took the stand, that they said, listen, I know that my God can deliver me from this. But if he don't choose to, I'm still going to serve him because I know that he's in control. Paul said to the Corinthians, there had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to all men. Then it reminds you that God is faithful, who will never allow you in the midst of your trials, in the midst of the temptations that come from Satan, to be tempted above a point that you can handle. It says that he will make a way for you to escape. So when we hear this word, her escape, we think that we're getting away from it. But that's why I have the, the topic, escaping in it or through it. What happened in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, everybody misses that last few words. It says, that ye may be able to bear it. Okay? We get caught up on the escape. The escape is escaping in it. It's escaping through it. Jesus said that when you go through the fires, I will be with you. Not that you're not going to go through the fires. Not that you're going to escape the fires. But if you go in it, when you do go into these trials, when you do go into these places, I will be with you. I will also make a way so that you are able to bear it. The escape is not escaping from it, it's escaping in it. In the midst of whatever you're going through, understanding that God is with you. The same God that said this in Isaiah 43, he's saying it to us today. He said, you are mine. You are mine. And when you go through this fire, when you go through these floods, I will be with you, always making it so that you are able to bear it. There is no temptation, no trial that's coming your way that you cannot bear. God provides a way to escape in it. Because we're not always going to be able to escape it. We're going to have to go through it. 
We're going to have to go through it. And it's not easy. It's not easy. There will be times in your life when you face things. Those of us that have made our mind up to worship God in spirit and in truth, those of us who have made our mind up to follow Christ, there is trials and tribulations waiting for you in every corner. There are fiery darts waiting to be shot at you every single day. That's why we need to keep ourselves prayed up because the minute we go outside, if one are shielded up, we're going to be emotionally hurt or, or, or devastated in this type of way when these fiery darts come at us and we don't really recognize where they come from. We think something strange is happening to us. Why everybody's picking us? Why everything's going wrong? Scripture her says that this is being done. You look at 2 Corinthians 4 and 16, you got a whole new perspective. This is Paul. This is the same guy that in chapter 11 gave you all this description of all this how that was going on in his life. And he was rejoicing it. He was taking pride in what he was suffering for, suffering as a child of God. 2 Corinthians 16, 4, 16, and 17 gives you a, a complete different perspective on problems, on trials in your life. Sometimes you make your escape in the midst of it because God brings you through it. Andre Crouch sings that song about through it all, through it all. And one of the parts of it, he says that if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could heal me. I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. There are reasons we have to go through it. The key is that God brings us through it. God does it through us, for us. God is with us in it. Isaiah 43 stands you up against whatever you're facing. It stands you up like a wall and it makes you stand firm knowing that God said, you are mine and I will be with you when you go through these things. When you have that mindset, you could talk about 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. Paul, after all those adjectives and descriptions about what he went through in 2 Corinthians 11, all that suffering he went through, Paul uses this word in 16 and 17. He says, for which cause we thank not. Huh? So my outward man is perishing. You're beating me to smithereens. You're burning me. I'm going through the fire. I'm going through the flood. My outward man might be perishing because of what I'm going through, what I'm facing. But he said, my inward man is renewed day by day. These trials and these tribulations are not her and they cannot wear you down. Spiritually, they set you up to be renewed Every day. The open man, that man, that heart that will be left behind. If Christ should come now and call our name and we go up to meet him in the earth, this flesh, this body, this Ocatarian is going to be left behind. This habitation of ours is going to be left behind. So though it's perishing in the midst of all these trials and tribulations, we know, Paul says, that will renew it day by day. And then those want to use a word that doesn't even sound like it possibly could go with it. 
he describes all those problems in his life as a light affliction. <laughs> a light affliction. I say this here because people are facing problems in their lives. People that are serving God are facing hard times. People that are serving God are facing trials and tribulations, people coming against them. Hard times that don't make sense to them. They wonder. Paul says they are a light affliction. Huh? A light affliction, though he admits that it's destroying my outer body. My inward man is being renewed because I know who my strength is. I know who's carrying me through this. And then he gives you the best understanding of why we go through these things. Put back up 2 Corinthians 4 again. And that last part is important because that's what helps us to deal with it. It says in verse 17, for our light of fiction, which is but for a moment. Huh? We don't know how long that moment might be, but it's a moment. Because it's a moment when you look at it in the context of time itself. It's a moment. It might be going on for a whole year, but it's still a moment. It says it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal rate of glory. That's what these trials are doing in your life. That's why Peter said they're more precious than the gold that perishes. They are working for us a far more exceeding and eternal rate of glory. God is glorified when you go through these hard times and you keep your eyes on him and you keep your inner man renewed every day. Sometimes you got to go through it. But through it all, God will carry you through. That's the promise in Isaiah 43 to us. He says it to Israel there, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they kept that word when they faced King Nebuchadnezzar. God told them here, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. This is what we need to understand. God is very personal. God gets very involved with these trials and tribulations that we face. Listen to how personal he gets involved. He says, thou art mine. And it says, when thou passest, not when you go around, not when you escape, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I want to close up today to tell those who don't know the full story of Hananiah and his guys. They ran through that fire. No flame burned them. Neither did it kindle upon them so much so that the smoke was not even on their clothes. This is the God that we serve. Don't be scared of tribulations and trials that are going to come because you are determined. Because we're living in a time that when we look back at Hananiah and Mishael and these guys' circumstances, we think that that's the old way. I want you to know that we're living in a time that is slowly turning. Well, we're going to have to make a stand. Rather, we're going to stick with God 
or rather we're going to bow to what everybody else is doing. The more you want to live righteous in these days and in these last times, the more it's going to turn up to be politically incorrect to be a true worshiper of God. It's going to be politically correct to deny being associated with all this other stuff. That's part of the problems that are coming our way. And we need to make up in our minds that whether we have to go through it or not, we know that through it all, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, it's going to bring us through. Why not scared to go through the rivers or the waters? We know that God takes it personal and he said, you are mine and I am with you. And it's an eternal glory and reward waiting for you no matter what you go through her. You can take riches to heaven. You live the life here, and while you're living the life in righteousness here, you're sending your rewards in heaven in advance. It's how you're living here, how you're dealing with these trials, how you're dealing with these hard times. Though your outward man perish, we have the truth and the foundation that our inward man is renewed. We can get weary in our body, whether we're facing cancer, facing whatever sicknesses. Our outward man can perish, but that inward man is going to promise that he will be renewed. Jesus told, God told them that Jesus is with you. Thou art mine. I will be with you when you go through these things. Sometimes there's no escape. We escape in it. By God giving us something that we can bear it. It's never going to be to a point where we can bear it. This is the promise that we have when we face all these things that we're going through. But through it all, if we go through these things, as Andre Crow said, if I didn't have these problems, I wouldn't know that faith in God for this one. It's a reason we have to go through it, no matter what it is. Paul says it's a light affliction for a short moment. That's working an eternal rate of glory for you. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes no matter what you're facing. And I don't say that lightly because I realize that there are some terrible things going on out there. There are some hardship going on in people's lives that are serving God. And they're wondering why it's this way. Don't think that something strange happened to you. God knows what it's doing, but it's promising it's going to bring you through it. Keep your eyes on him. Let him lift you up. Let him renew you daily. Because through it all, if you trust in God, you will be blessed in all of these experiences. And all of these experiences help you to identify, not with this world, but with all the great apostles and preachers and teachers that suffered, that suffered for their walk with God. Be encouraged in your suffering today. Be encouraged in all the trials and tribulations that you're facing today. Be encouraged because of Isaiah 43, because of 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. God knows what he's doing in your life. Keep your eyes on him. Be a Hananiah. Be a Mishael. Be a Azariah. Be a Daniel. Face whatever you're facing with the confidence that you know that God can fix it. And if he chooses not to fix it, I'm still going to trust God to the end. May God's name be praised in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>